Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens. Bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens. Brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. Happy Throwback Thursday. My favorite things. Happy <laughs> Throwback Thursday. <laughs> I'm sorry. I should have I should have looked at you so I could have thrown the ball in your direction and, <laughs> and sent it your way. I'm so sorry. It was a one one handed catch. It was a um, what, what is that a lyric from something? One handed catch? Uh, in the movie, I don't know. Uh, yeah, one handed catch. Got uh, oh right, it's coming. Sorry, it's coming. Good job. Wow. Have you ever? <laughs> but in the in the revival, it will be done in the Swedish. The lyric will be and be spoken. <laughs> That's right. With only a marimba, a theremin, and a xylophone. They actually they have squirt guns, and they just they just keep squirting each other the whole time. I am here. Okay, I I am going to tell you a rumor that I have heard, and I don't know if this is true. Oh. That it's a one act. If you tell me one more time that yep, that it's one act. I feel pretty's gone. I That's, heard. So, folks, listen. Um, I'm not because <laughs> you keep an open mind until you see it, because you never know. But I have heard that they have cut. It's a one act musical now west side story and that i feel pretty is gone and i feel some other things are going as well i don't know if anyone can confirm or deny this you know where we're at if not the ballet ballet is gone the ballet the ballet is gone no i come out and dance <laughs> with the ballet for everybody um hey also friends listen if you're in the new york area tdf god bless them has so many wonderful things up on tdf right everything now. like legitimately. i saw slave play I saw Safe Play and I was in the what orchestra on the aisle. I mean, I, I was it was fantastic seats. I saw Slave Play as well. I was in the center mezzanine, fabulous seats. What a play! What a intense. play! Ooh. It's a very intense piece of work. But you know, sneaky. I was, it's it is it's a sneaky. It's a sneaky play. It sneaks up on you. Um, this acting ensemble though was fantastic. I thought. Yes. I thought they. I thought and they they've were, been with it. They've been with it for a while, and you can tell it's settled in their. Uh, it's it's like breathing. I mean, they're just, it's such fantastic acting. It really is. I I don't know how you feel. I was talking to a friend about this. I am so happy that we are having so many shows. Well, I don't want to like get hyperbolic, but I'm so happy that things like a slave play and things like Gary from last season. I'd say Oklahoma. Or an Oklahoma are finding their ways 
to the New York to the Broadway. Oh, community. original shows. Yeah, ori- yes. original and, shows and, that, that in, in a commercial venue. I mean, it's original art, shows. I mean, well, they're they they are all people who are artists. There are people who actors, the writers, the the designers. There are people who are not in it to. to I mean, of course, everyone wants to make a, a, a penny, but they're not in it for that. You can tell that that what was on stage was art. It was it was pure and simple, um, a message. Uh, uh, you know, and, and, and a beautiful art, which is uh, refreshing to see on Broadway right now, I think. Yes. Yeah, so congratulations to everyone over at Slave Play. If you get a chance, go see it. But also go on to TDF. They have wonderfully cheap tickets for so many fantastic theatrical events. It, sounds, it yeah. sounds like we are working for TDF. We are not. We're just well, no, very, we're not. Impre- very impressed <laughs> we, by what they We just produce. like to find a nice, reasonably priced price ticket and, yes. uh, and, and, and a nice, fun show. Yeah. And also, we're also very excited because um, it was made public a couple of days ago, but we are now part of the Broadway Podcast yes. Network. Once again, that's the broadwaypodcastnetwork.com. We are so excited to be joining their team. Uh, Dory Bernstein and Alan Seals have done a really fantastic job of taking just about every theater podcast out there and putting them onto this platform as well as creating original content. So if you go over to Broadway Podcast Network, yeah. you'll find other podcasts that are theater related and so many of these individuals are our friends and have been on our show before we're so happy that we all have a home now yes that's right yes um what other you know i've never asked you what other theater podcasts do you listen to kevin uh it, it's interesting i'm i'm more of a political podcast mm. listener mm. myself yeah um uh, uh, but i have uh i definitely have on rotation of course i've listened to broadway radio for some time although they just announced that uh, at the end of this year they might be uh, seizing their operations which is i think oh, wow. uh, I didn't know epic after all these years um but it's a daily that's a daily theatrical podcast where you kind of get the news of the day i think um uh, broadway briefing that email if anybody gets that that's sort of uh, taken over a little bit um i listen to ensemblist i listen to broadway wasted broadway wasted yes. Um, yeah. For me, I love My Little Tonys. I, love, I know you do. I that love, was a favorite thing. And I, I love was. My Little Tonys. It was. I love uh, Little Known Facts with Alana Levine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Theater Geeks Anonymous. We've oh, on that love show. Theater Geeks. Love um, them. Josh Swallows Broadway is a really fantastic show um, that is done by your friend Josh Lehman. That's right. Yeah. Um, it's fantastic. So, so if you go over to Broadway Podcast Network, you're going to see all of our other po- and other ones that are coming out pretty soon, like Jen Tepper, who's a guest, is going to create her own podcast. Donna McKechnie. There. Donna McKechnie, who we just interviewed, will release her in a few weeks. Um, she talks a little bit about what she is doing, and I think it's fascinating. So, yeah, go on over to the Broadway Podcast Network. Any other big theater news going on this week that we should be aware of, except for the fact that TDF has been marvelous. <laughs> we love the TDF. You know, uh, little things here and there. But uh, big, you just went into rehearsals this week, my friend. I did. Yes, I did go into rehearsals this week. I am uh, lucky enough to be directing Dirty, Rotten Scoundrels um, at the New York Film Academy, uh, which is where Kevin and I did Merrily Roll Along a couple of years ago. And yeah. So now this time I'm going to do some Dirty Rotten. It was oh, a blast. It was a ball. Um, it's one of my favorite, favorite shows. Um, and this is the first musical. I think it's the first musical I ever saw in an out-of-town tryout. It was in San oh, Diego. Oh, really? Yeah, it was in San Diego when I was living in Los Angeles. And two of my friends and I, we drove down to San Diego for the day. Like to, you to do when you're like, in college. You yeah. drive such... You go such distances to see the theater that you no, – no, don't you remember? I mean we did. We, we used to – we would travel so far to like see an out-of-town tryout of Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Or maybe to see Cass Morgan coming out of a, a stage door. Shut 
I love that you remember that. And I, I, I just recently thought of, oh, my, I didn't even just take the train. I took, I took a bus, or like a Westchester bus. It was a whole process to go see Cass Morgan you, you can listen, in a church. Folks, go and listen to our favorite things. I don't <laughs> Three what, years ago. It I might mean, have been like in the 60s, was, and it says Cass Morgan is a favorite oh, thing. Kevin's I, got a really great story about how I, he met Miss Morgan. Still, I still never want to meet her in this business because I'm I'm just so embarrassed. That's understandable. So embarrassed. It's okay. It's okay. It's a, it's a good story. Right. It's a so good today, story. favorite things. Yeah, what's and, your favorite uh, thing? Well, uh, before I want to preface my favorite thing because I have a I have a future favorite thing that I I just want to tease out there. I, we've never done that before, but I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm, I know I know you guys can't see it, but on Skype right now, Rob is giving me a, a face that is shocking. So we talked about the musical Three, which was the trio of musicals that was done at the Prince Theater in Philadelphia. Uh, actually, Rob, a lot of people reached out to me about this uh, because I mentioned the composer Robert Lindsay Nassif uh, and and uh, and writer uh, writer and composer uh, who did the fight of the lawn chair man the third piece you know lawrence o'keefe did a piece uh, john bocchino did the piece so i will feature three later i'm actually going to reach out to a couple people involved in it oh, and i'm gonna do a little little let's uh, this isn't dateline but it might be a little expose mm. a little a little i don't want to tease too much but i i i, I thought it, because so many people talked about it, it it was supposed to have legs how prince it was it was a dedication to how prince you know and rest in peace uh and so there's there's much to be discussed about this interesting piece of theater and the prospects that it could have had uh that did not come to fruition um but uh it, it will be uh discussed later but that is not my favorite thing so okay um, great <laughs> so my favorite thing Let's go back a couple more decades. Let's go back to 1962. Picture it. Um, you've got – yeah, exactly. You've got a big Broadway star. You've got a big TV star. TV is not as – you know, they're two different markets back then because they weren't, they weren't crossing over quite as much yet. This is the 60s, 62, right? So th- someone was like, hey, Carnegie Hall, let's put on a big show with these two big stars. But they were worried that the New York star, like the Broadway star, didn't have a big enough name, that she wasn't – she wouldn't pull enough – you know, people. Whereas the weekly star who was on the Gary Moore show every single week was definitely gonna like pull the na- people to see the show. Some things happen, and we had this amazing concert in June of 1962. That was Carol and Julie. That is right. That is right. So Carol Burnett. And Julie Andrews. Julie Andrews at peak voice, I would like to say. Now I, I just wanted oh, I feel like this is sacrilege, Rob, but I'm gonna say it and I don't care. I like Julie Andrews. I mean, I, if she were here right now, I would hug her and I'd kiss her and I'd say, "You're amazing, you're awesome." But as far as her voice, I, I, I'm not, I'm not like a, a diehard fan. Let's just say I'm, I'm more of a, a, I know, I know, I know, I'm more of a Barbara Cook kind of guy. Give me a little Karen Morrow to pepper it up. Uh, uh, I won't say Elaine Stritch, even though I love her, but like, but you know what I mean. I, I but danced all night. Could have danced all night. And bay for more. But, but Julie Andrews, I can kind of like my my problem is I can always kind of hear her sort of acting a little bit when she she'll she'll speak a word out of nowhere and you just feel like no, why did you do that? Uh, but it's fun. But this concert, this Carnegie Hall concert, she is at her peak. Carol Burnett is not only funny but just people forget fade out, fade in, that Carol Burnett is an amazing singer. She's Yes, she's a comedian. She's a person that will make you cry with laughter. But she actually is a fantastic singer. So let me pull up my notes. Uh, so this is the concert of a CBS special, Judy and Carol at Carnegie Hall. It was a one-night thing. Mike Nichols 
uh, wrote all of the specialty material, which is included on uh, the recording. Now, if you have an LP player, please get the record. You can buy the CD for like $40 on eBay, or you can go to your streaming places like Spotify and Apple TV and get the Judy Garland uh, – sorry, Judy Garland. What am I talking about? I'm reading an article about it. Ju- uh, Julie and Carol at Carnegie Hall. Uh, check it out. It's streaming. Uh, it's a very short – it was a 60-minute special. And some things to just keep an eye out for while you're listening. First of all, we have to give a shout-out to the conductor who was – Irwin Costell, who was also the orchestrator Big of name. West West Side Story. He didn't do a lot of Broadway material because he, he actually – you know, the TV was, was such a big deal. And you guys, you have to understand that every single TV house, every single theater, they all had an orchestra in the 40s and 50s. The, if you were a musician, you were working constantly. Orchestras everywhere. If you went out to nightlife, every time you go to a club and you hear music being played over a speaker, there used to be an orchestra playing all of that music. So so this man is a man who made his living doing uh, the, the TV the TV world. So it was a lot of studio work, as we call it. Uh, and so then Mike Nichols did all the writing. They keep all of the dialogue on the recording, which I think is so fun. So they each one of them, they have a moment where they have to change costume before the next little funny scene. They, they each have a moment of seriousness, a moment of uh, satire, uh, you know, being funny, uh, and then a duet in, in between. But what they each sort of roast each other while the other is changing. Uh, and they keep all of that dialogue the both times. There's a great medley uh, of the, the history of musical comedy, which literally they go through all of the different styles, uh, going so far <laughs> as to have... Um, Carol, who's just a, a fantastic singer, she starts to sing uh, Loverly, which is kind of funny because that's, you know. And then they have a whole thing about Sound of Music, but this is well before Julie Andrews is ever going to be cast in the movie of Sound of Music, and they do a, a send-up of, of Sound of Music. Anyway, you've seen it or, or heard it, I'm sure, Rob. Um, but uh, that is my favorite thing. This, this incredible – and then they went on to go do two more – concerts uh, decades later in 1971 and then 89 again but this one in 1962 where it began it just it's it's so funny they're just at their peaks but they don't quite know it yet and that's really fun to hear that i think that's such a great way of putting it i'm going to be honest with you i have seen the one they did in the late 80s i think the 1989 (laughs) one i have not seen the others though and i'm and i'm a huge carol burnett fan yeah, and in Carol Burnett, you mind you, this is this is even pre-Broadway Carol Burnett. I mean, this is 1962. It's very, it's they're still proving themselves, and and yet, I mean, there's one thing that I I think that you I want to just send out there. Wait, there was one moment that made me laugh so hard. Um, so they do this medley of the, the musical history, musical comedy, and they go into West Side Story. It starts with operetta, you know, ah, sweet mystery of life. Uh, then dancing in the dark, I get a kick out of you. I, and then, the, uh, she, uh, Julie Andrews sings, I can't say no, but she says, I can't say no, of course, because she's British. And then at the very end of it, the punchline is, I just can't say can't, or I can't say can't, can't. It's very cute. That's uh, cute. Carol sings loverly. And then, um, <laughs> Oh no, Anita! No, Anita! No! And Carol Burnett goes, "Oh yeah, (laughs) Rob! It's one of the funniest things I've ever heard." I howled outside. So, oh no, I need to know. I need to know. And Carol Burnett going, "Oh yeah!" Just listen for, listen for it. I love Carol Burnett so much. 
So the whole thing, though, is amazing because you hear Carol Burnett is a fantastic singer. I've, I've gone on and on too much. But but you hear Julie Andrews also not just as a great voice, but as a, you, you hear why she's a musical comedy actress. And to be perfectly honest, going back to what I said at the beginning about thinking, oh, I didn't love her voice. Well, you know, what's the fuss in so many words because she's ultra special. Please do not get me wrong. But by listening to this. It's almost like the concert were, was about them taking on the qualities of each other and celebrating that and then letting that, those qualities shine within themselves. And I have a greater appreciation for both of them because of this concert. That's great. It's like, almost like they're trading places in terms of what they both do. Yeah. I think that's fantastic. <laughs> well, I can't wait to watch it now. Um, I love, oh, I love me a good comedy special. There are so many roles I wish Carol Burnett would have played at some point for musical theater. The one, I mean, she did so much summer stock, which was great, even in the height of her television shows. But there's so many music. I would love to have seen her Roxy Hart. I hear they're recorded. I, I, I heard tell that there are some people that have some John Kenley tapes in places. Okay. So if you do, will you guys, will you write to us let us know? Because oh, you know what? Let me tell you a John Kenley story really quickly. Please. One of our avid listeners and a great guy, Will Hutchison, um, is from Ohio. And he went, to a, he went back home to Ohio recently and went to a restaurant that apparently was close to wherever the Kenley players was. And the restaurant is decked out in photographs with the owner and the person who was appearing at the Kenley players at the time. And right. So there's a whole, it's like a Sardis of Kenley players. And he, God bless him, Will went around and took 30 photos for us. To show us like who's all on oh, the wall, I, I, we'll post those on Instagram. <laughs> I love, I, I, I love those kinds of anecdotes. That's absolutely amazing. isn't that cool. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. I love that. Okay, so it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mine. All right. What is your favorite thing, my friend? Well, now, it's so funny that you – my person is sort of a combination of Carol Burnett and Julie Andrews. Um, it's an individual who – we talked about her last week, and the more I did some research onto her and or into her, and I was like, oh, the, you know, the, she's really my favorite thing for this week. And that's the great Phyllis Newman, who we lost um, just last week. Um, if you remember, Phyllis Newman – was she'd been around for years and years and years and years. And I, I want to applaud one. First of all, she was a fabulous artist. There is, there's no denying that, um, you know, she made her Broadway debut and wish she were here, which is, I, we've done as a favorite thing. And I love that show. She also appeared in bells are ringing and the apple tree on the town. She won. Um, she was nominated for a Tony award for the play Broadway bound in 1987. And she won the Tony award for best featured actress in a musical in, for, in 1962 for subways or for sleeping. Whom did she beat out for that? 
Anybody? Who? People. People. I was going to say Barbara Streisand. She, yes, yes Bar- I should have. Barbara Streisand is doing I Can Get It For You Wholesale. I should have sang Miss Morgenstein. People were screaming the answer just now. Yeah, well, that's okay. That's why I gave, gave it a nice long <laughs> for people to yell and cry. Um, um, but she beat out Barbara Streisand no, for I Can Get It For You Wholesale. Um, we've talked about the mad woman of Central Park West. A couple which is, times. Which a is kind of like a cult up. favorite of mine. Like if somebody gave me a million dollars and said, what do you want to do with those million dollars? You know what I would love to do i would love to do a um uh, a Here, con- but you got on location on location yeah but i would play her i would i would yeah and, I would, and I would so go, yeah. we'd all go to like a, a the, the dakota yeah and we would all go in exactly. some you know and so if you want to see her talents in on in in uh in in action go on to youtube type in the mad woman of central park west um it's an it's an experience to say the least but it shows how talented she was as you know she was married to the great um lyricist and book writer adolph green of comedy and green fame they were together for a long long time he wrote bells are ringing he wrote um uh, subways are for sleeping so it's nice that they got to work together um they had two beautiful children adam green who's a brilliant writer um and amanda green who is one of the most fantastic lyricists working today um but in addition to all of this i want to applaud the work that she did off screen um for example um i hope you all know this by now but her she was diagnosed with cancer and then um, after she recovered, she created the Phyllis Newman Women's Health Initiative in 1995, um, and it's part of the Actors Fund of America. And uh, since being created in 1995, it's not only served over 2,500 women in the entertainment industry, it's raised about $3.5 million. Um, this was an incredible, incredible task for her to take on. Um, it produced those wonderful Nothing Like a Dame galas um that celebrated fantastic women working in the industry that needed to get some more recognition for the fantastic work that they were creating um she was the first person to win the isabel stevenson award uh which was a special tony award for her work with the health initiative she's a pretty spectacular individual i'm so sorry we lost her as you know we were talking about this she we tried to get her as a guest on this show countless times she was so amenable to it but unfortunately her health prevented her from doing so so um i hope you all all go back and take a look at her and if you want she wrote a fantastic autobiography called just in time notes from my life um which was published in 1988 and you can take a look at it it's beautiful also just you know also people sort of forget this she says this is in the she says this in her book and i would love for someone to confirm if this was true she was the uh first female to uh, host the Tonight Show. When Johnny Carson was out, she would go on to the Tonight really? Show and host it. Yeah. Um, so before, like, Joan Rivers and all that stuff, she was on. Yeah. So anyway, um, I would love for someone to confirm that. And also, if throughout the 60s, 70s, and 80s, she was, like, a, a, a constant presence on TV game shows. So that's how people got to know her right. as well. So anyway, go ahead and listen to one of Phyllis's fantastic uh, renditions on – you can either go on to YouTube or go on to iTunes, and you can you can see her. But she's she's my favorite thing for this week. And that's I just – 
I just bemoan the fact that we did not get a chance to sit down and so talk close. With her. But I want to yeah. tell you just a, one more little quick story about what a cool person she is, and, Please. Then, and then I'll let you go. Um, when we were, we were doing a show at Fifty Four Below called Broadway Bound, and it was musicals that were destined for Broadway that did not come to Broadway for whatever reason. Yeah, and we focused on a show called Pleasures and Palaces, which was a Frank Lesser. Um, musical that didn't that closed in Detroit, and we also did a musical called "How Do You Do I Love You," which was Maltby and Shire's first piece that she was in that closed out of town. Um, when we announced what the shows were, I got an email from her saying, "She goes, I hope you don't mind, but I was in both of these shows. Can I come and share an anecdote?" How cool reached is, out to reached you. Out. How for, cool is for that a, for a fifty-four below gig? How that's, cool is that? So she was a really, classy, really special, super classy, with great, great stories. Um, yeah. She she was a big supporter of saving the colonial um, and came out to that as well. She was just a really special individual, a fixture, a, a fixture of Broadway, a fixture, yeah. and always had a smile on her face and a, and a witty retort in her back pocket, ready to go. So go ahead, yeah. take a listen to Phyllis Newman, and then you're going to go over to YouTube and take a look at Julie and Carol at Carnegie Hall. Great, enjoy. Till next time. Bye, everybody. Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens, bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens, brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.